Hey coaches, welcome back. This is Coach Parker. Thanks for joining me today with Coaching You Football Tips and Talk podcast. I'm your host. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, before we get started, can you subscribe? That does a big help to me and cost you nothing. Please subscribe to the podcast or video. Really appreciate it. Thanks again, and we'll get started soon. to the podcast, Coaching Youth Football Tips and Talk with Coach Parker over at CoachParker.org. How are you guys doing today? And thanks for tuning in. Hey, uh, if you get a chance, support the channel and subscribe to this podcast and share it across your social media accounts if you get a chance. You can also find me over at Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just visit CoachParker.org for those links and tons of other youth football coaching tips, talk plays, and of course, my playbooks. You can check out the Power Wing Beast offense and the 6-2 Multi-8 Youth Football defense. They're great books that have helped me win many, many games over my 20-plus years coaching youth football, and they're for sale over at CoachParker.org. Let's get started today and talk some football. Today's topic, favoritism in youth sports, especially youth football. Uh, many of you know I've written several articles over at CoachParker.org about favoritism and I guess uh, popular topics. Uh, favoritism is definitely searched on uh, tremendously on Google and the other search engines. So uh, I definitely agree it's a, it's a hot topic and uh, I get quite a bit of feedback, uh, mostly negative on this particular topic. So I decided why not start off uh, my uh, podcast with probably uh, my most popular negative articles uh, that I write over at CoachParker.org. So uh, here we go. Let's jump into it. I agree there is a ton of favoritism at all levels of youth football. Back in 2008 when I wrote that first article, um, I hadn't coached for about five or six years uh, as my boys were getting uh, older to, uh, I guess, the youth football age. And so I personally don't really believe in favoritism and I didn't I wasn't looking for it or seeing it so at the time I didn't really think there was too much favoritism I know now except especially since uh, it's almost 10 years from that point that uh, I've seen a ton more and it seems like it gets uh, more and more a bigger issue every year as uh, I coach I do have two boys uh, I have suffered favoritism or we have on other teams uh, and then uh, I've been accused of favoritism about my two sons, and since I coach, uh, I coach before I had kids, and now I coach when my two sons don't play for me anymore. I coach, uh, you know, other players, and I also get accused of favoritism with uh, my star stud players. So uh, it just happens, and that's, I, I guess, the way of the world right now. Uh, it definitely seems fav that favoritism is a huge issue, and it's growing. Uh, but let me, before we really get into the topic, I just really want to say I do not believe in favoritism. Uh, all of our players uh, get starting positions and play time based on their football IQ, coachability, physical abilities, football skill, game experience, knowledge of our systems, both offense, defense, and special teams. And we really try to hold uh, every season at the beginning of the season we uh we try to hold uh tryouts uh and we try to be as fair as possible during those tryouts we we hold them so all the parents can see and they want to get close in and see and, and ask us questions about what we thought and graded out their sons uh 
they're more than welcome since we we try to do a depth chart right after those tryouts and keep it up to date weekly and uh, grade those players out pretty much every week if we get a chance so uh, we really try not to uh, hold too many favorites uh, or hold any favoritism uh, with some of the players uh, all coaches uh, and I definitely agree with this, should feel their best player at the position that can help the team. Now, sometimes I know parents get upset that they want their son or child to play a certain position, and that position may not be best for the team, and that's where the coach's decisions and staff may come in and not be in agreement with the parent. But uh, that could be an issue sometimes, but uh, coaches should put the best player for the team in a position. And if you noticed, I did not say the top athlete. Sometimes the top athlete on a team for that particular sport may not be the best player at that sport for a myriad of issues which we can talk about uh, as we go further. So what is favoritism? Uh, I think we should define it really before we get too much further uh, in on the topic. And uh, I did a search on Google and came up with this de definition which said the favoritism is the practice of giving unfair preferential treatment to one person or group at the expense of another. So that's that's the definition there of favoritism. And so uh, what's unfair? I thought since we, we probably needed to look up what's unfair treatment. Uh, unfair is not based on behaving according to the principles of equality and justice. It's either unkind, inconsiderate, or uh, unreasonable. So there are the two uh, definitions of favoritism unfair basically preferential treatment to one person and really that becomes you know I guess the argument is what's preferential treatment to one versus another and uh that's probably how this whole thing gets started here. I know from the many seasons that I've coached since 1994, uh, and even before that coaching uh, college flag football and adult flag football teams, that uh, coaches, parents, and fans, they all have a different set of eyes when they look at a player and their son, child, and definitely uh, there's an issue going on there. Uh, coaches, you know, uh, are looking for one thing and parents are hoping for something else for their child so uh, that's that's usually how that goes really coaches and parents have two different points of view on what should happen with their player child and sometimes when the coach is the parents it uh, becomes kind of miscombobulated but uh, I really feel that parents and this is not a bad thing parents see their children through rose-colored glasses uh, which really always makes their child seem kind of the best and like I said I don't think there's any wrong with that because you love your child I do it I know I look I look at them I trust them I know them I think I know them better than some stranger that I've just turned them over to uh, but of course that's not always true uh, and uh, so, you know, you've got that parent perspective going on, which is a very protective of their child. So especially uh, a lot of parents nowadays have gotten more and more protective and kind of the helicopter parent. So they definitely see uh, their child through those rose colored glasses. And as a coach, that can be difficult dealing with that sometimes. But uh, I know I do it. So you've got to look at yourself and say, OK, I do the same thing with my child. I understand the situation with this parent and I can have empathy and work through that problem. I also have learned over the 20 plus years coaching that different coach for the same athlete 
Different coaches will see different qualities and skills in a certain player and like that player for different reasons. And sometimes, you know, you you like them for the same reasons. But uh, it's not uncommon for one coach maybe to find your child a starter and fit into their system. And for another coach, they may not see your child as a starter because they're running a different system. And these differences in how they're choosing players and not choosing players is really a derivative of how that coach uh, in their their youth, who they played for and the schemes that they're putting in or played and what they think a certain type of player should be versus personality, physical traits, and so on. So it's really about the coach's background and what they're trying to do now and what they believe is going to fit best into their systems. So there's a lot of issues that drive these coaches' desire for what a certain player will look like and And, you know, they may be a short coach and like short players and don't even know they're doing that. I, you know, I have an affinity for fullbacks uh, because I played fullback and linebacker in in high school. And as a peewee, I was a lineman, but always wanted to be a fullback. So I definitely have affinities for fullback type players that are rough and tough, uh, that are kind of mean. And so I, that have high football IQs because I I played for a long time and no football and uh, played for some good coaches. So I look for those experienced, fullback type, high IQ football players and uh, may not go for the fastest kid in a in a tryout. So those are some of my things, but I think they're just different perspectives, both between coaches and then parents and fans. And so I really see a lot of, you know, kind of daddy ball and favoritism coming down to trust. You know, who do the coaches trust most as a player and have has this player built trust with them over time and understand the systems? They gotten to know this player, so they know the player is going to do their job. And a lot of this I know, especially in football and probably in baseball with pitching and catching and first base, is gonna is really going to come down to experience and trust. Can they trust that particular player in that position not to make uh, many mistakes and a lot of times because you're a parent of a certain play of a player you may have a little bit more trust at the beginning of the season for that the other thing that that I see that kind of is an issue with coaches and parents is the parent may know their their child is a gifted athlete and that's a lot of times they're they're pretty good athletes, you know, uh, but they may not have the football IQ at the time they get on a team if it's a new team or they, they haven't learned the plays or the system yet or can't do that right now because of their age. That sometimes becomes a problem is who's the best the best football player versus who's the best physical athlete on the team. I don't know how many times in youth football I see the best physical athlete that's the fastest and the biggest. They can't remember their plays. Their parents want them to be a running back, but we as coaches can't get them to remember right or left. And they much less can't remember the numbering system and where they're supposed to go or who they're supposed to block. And a lot of times those issues, which it looks like favorite that we may be playing an older another player that's on the team and not your child uh, even though your child is faster it's all it's really not about speed or we're playing our son versus your child because your child is very fast and bigger but they can't remember their plays but our son can remember their plays there's sometimes some of those issues going on I'm not saying those are 
all the time, but that's a lot of time what favoritism gets to be. And and I know, you know, recently I have my sons haven't been playing for me because they're older now and they don't they're playing high school and junior high ball. That we've had parents complain that we're running our star players too much and that their sons should be running the football more. I mean, uh, you give the ball to the stud player and uh, that's how you win games. And I know uh, when we're up a lot by you know 24 points or more will usually let other players run the ball. So it's not favoritism, I don't think, even though, you know, when we're talking about this from coaches and parents, that we're, we've chosen our star players, our star running backs, to run the ball 95% of the time. That's just good coaching and picking the right players to put in the right position. So that's kind of a big thing there. So those are the differing points of views from coaches and parents. Hopefully I didn't ramble on too much. I did a study a couple of seasons ago maybe a year or two ago, but one of the things that I did see uh, regarding uh, the teams that we uh, beat consistently over about a five or six year period within our uh, league here in Keller, Texas, is basically due to favoritism. And the two things that were highlighted in our youth football league that um, that were issues was that we saw a lot of daddy ball favoritism, especially at quarterback. And uh, that was kind of a big, a big issue that it seems like a lot of teams were forcing coaches' sons, head coaches' sons to play quarterback when they might have had a better athlete that could have done that better. So that, that definitely was an area there. So if your son, if you're a coach right now and your son is playing quarterbacks, and, and mine have off and on through, depending if we needed a quarterback, um, we didn't really have one. Uh, make sure that you go through a tryout and the other parents uh, on the team understand that uh, you're looking for a quarterback. And if your son is a legit quarterback, then, you know, by all means, play them. But if your son is not a legit quarterback and you have a better athlete, that can play quarterback that doesn't need to be somewhere else, then uh, you might want to look at that because it's sometimes not worth the headache to force your son into that quarterback position if he's not really a quarterback because you will get a lot of grief. Trust me, first season uh, my oldest son uh, played, uh, the offensive coordinator put him at quarterback and I told him not to do that and uh, we went through tryouts and um, he put my son at quarterback and I really wasn't happy about that just because I didn't really want that headache and it didn't become a headache because my son was decent quarterback but uh, you kind of have those issues. So in the study that I did in our league for the last five or six years, the teams that we beat consistently definitely were playing daddy ball at quarterback. So be careful of that if your your son is playing quarterback. The other thing is that we saw at quarterback and running back positions that uh, many of the head coaches had promised players uh, to get frozen, which is basically you don't have to go through the tryouts for their team, they had promised these players uh, certain positions on the team uh, before even the season started or they held tryouts. And uh, this happens a lot during the recruiting process. So, you know, that does happen and that's happened to us before on a team, uh, both on my oldest and youngest, where we came into new teams and during the recruiting process, the head coach had promised certain players positions. And so basically you're not going to get to try out at those positions. I've also seen that in baseball. My oldest son was a catcher and we went to try out and they had catchers and that just wasn't going to happen. So 
is it favoritism or is it what they want? I don't know, but uh, it definitely looks that way. So be careful as a coach to put your son at quarterback if he's not a legit quarterback. And also, don't promise players in the recruiting process uh, they should play a certain position because you might draft, you know, a Peyton Manning and then you're playing, you know, a Rivers at a quarterback. So be careful of that. I think a big issue with favoritism really comes down to, uh, you know, opportunities and practice and I think the parents can see that I mean if you're coaching make sure you're holding tryouts for all the positions like I said before we we definitely hold tryouts for all the skilled positions uh, especially quarterback we almost for show purposes we let everybody who wants to try out for quarterback go through a passing pod and throw it's filmed so then we post that so everybody can see who threw the best. That's really worked out well for us. We also post our 20 and 40 uh, dash times so parents can see the speed of the running backs and players and know where that is. And, you know, uh, we, we talk about if you're not in this range of speed, most likely you're not a running back. So uh, those are some things that we've done to help eliminate the favoritism Uh and, you know, the other thing is in practice, the opportunities for other players to play positions. You can definitely do that in your drill time, have players that may not be a running back but may be playing guard who are not, you know, uh, out of the weight limit for running back or ball carriers. You can have them run the ball and, and let those players during practice that may want to be a skill position uh, run the ball because that's usually what it is. It's usually I'm not playing a skill position and then – they want to play a skill position, and so this favoritism argument uh, or playtime argument starts. And so that's the way. One of the couple of the ways that we've we've uh, helped uh, this favoritism issues is given a lot of opportunities to the players doing practice and drills to uh, play some of those skill positions. And you know, we found a couple of folks that actually have done really well in drills and moved them into those positions. But uh, definitely throughout the season, continue to look at players to see if you can move them into skill positions and that gives the parents you know like okay so even in practice they're getting some reps to see if they can be a skilled player they haven't made that decision yet but at least he's getting some reps there so you know and, and really practice is where players learn the game so you know it's not hurting you to take 15 to 20 minutes in a drill and kind of do this to see maybe there's some other guys there that could be a starter or move into a skill position the other thing on the other side of that that is, you know, sometimes parents, you know, are saying favoritism and they, they pick on the better players. And it's it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, the starters take some of that grief and it's hard on them, too. And I think a lot of parents don't realize that, uh, you know, the starters also have feelings, too. And when you're talking about taking away time from them to play other players in those positions, that uh, those starters get hurt, too. So, um, you know, I, I try not to forget about their feelings. I've had many starters cry when we've taken them out of the games to put other players in those positions. Just be aware of that is also occurring in this whole playtime favoritism issue if you're trying to get other players in. That uh, if you start moving these other players around who are actually putting in a lot of work and doing a lot of the stuff that needs to be the star player and you take them out, their parents and them see what's going on and they don't like that either. So then you can get into a, 
whole political issue there. But uh, just wanted to say a few things on that. And and again, one way to help you with favoritism is to actually have uh, some of those guys that aren't the skilled players have them doing some stuff in practice. At least you're getting to see that throughout throughout the season. So, <clears throat> what if you uh, see favoritism? What can you do about that as a as a parent? Uh, your child's on the team, and how should you go about that? I think I think the first thing that you should do is really ask yourself: Is your child significantly better than the current starter? Which may be the coach's son or not, but significantly better. Uh, I mean, if you look at the 80-20 rule, if they're about 20% better, uh, is the coach going to keep their son or child at that position or the current starter there? I would probably say, yeah. You know, uh, they your child is going to have to be significantly better to move a current starter kind of out of the way. And it has to, again, I think, become a trust issue. How long has that player been with the team, the starter? Have they given the dues to the team? One thing you see in varsity football is, is that skilled player a senior? And this is their last year and about to graduate. I know a lot of high school coaches will play their seniors at starters if they can because those guys are graduating and that's really their year to play, to get film, maybe to go to another college. And I know that happened here recently with the uh, friend of mine's son. His son's a sophomore playing varsity. They moved him up. Uh, the varsity quarterback is not as good as uh, maybe that that guy's son at quarterback, and but they're still playing the senior, which they got into district and did well there. But uh, I, I doubt, I highly doubt coaches will move uh, a player into a position uh, where the non-starter is not significantly better than the current starter. So that which that's what you need to ask yourself as a parent is, is my child just so much better than the current starter? And some ways, you know, how you can figure that out is, is you need to talk to your child. You know, do they want that position? Do they want to be driven as much as you? I found out that I, I have more drive than my two sons in sports, and uh, it's very frustrating sometimes. But do they really want it that bad? Uh, sometimes they don't, and sometimes they do. You need to figure that out. Does your child think that they're better than that person right now and everything that that position requires and go through that in great detail because I feel like if you're going to put yourself out there and start saying these things you really should make sure that you've got some information and your child's willing to do that uh, and sometimes you don't know better than your child your child's at practice he's been in practice he may not be confident to take that yet the other thing is is uh you can ask other parents about the starter and how long the starter's been there and if the starter is awesome and, and kind of get some feedback. And you really should listen. Don't talk about your son, but listen when you talk about the other starter and don't do it in a negative way. Do it in a positive way to try to get information about who the starter is and what they're like and how well they play. The other thing that you can, you can, you know, kind of guide yourself on is if other parents are coming up and saying to you, your child should be given an opportunity to play this position, uh, you can think about it. But it doesn't mean that you're going to them and prompting them and asking 
asking them about your child, they're coming to you unprompted and just kind of floating the idea out. You shouldn't be prompting them that your son is ready. I mean, if other parents come to you unprompted that, hey, baby, your, your child should be given a shot, you may, hey, so there may be some favoritism going on or maybe, uh, you know, not favoritism, but they think your child is good. So you might want to look at that. But remember, I mean, it, it, you really shouldn't be... I guess the one that starts the issues, hey, my kid should be the starter. Other people should be, your son, your child should be bringing it up to you and it becomes a concern then. If it's not a concern to your child, it's probably not a concern to take to the coach yet. I mean, so once you figure out or you thought, hey, you know, my child should be given this opportunity and you've got enough information and other parents have unprompted you to, hey, my child probably should do this. uh, You can talk to the team parent or the team manager and say, hey, can you talk to the head coach and see if they'll give him some tryout time in practice or in some drill time. If you don't want to talk to the parent, maybe you talk to the position coach. And then if that doesn't work, then maybe you have a private meeting scheduled with the head coach and go over uh, your concerns and be very professional and positive about, hey, you know, we would like this. The other thing you can do is ask your, which coaches love, and this is what we really prefer, is that your child comes to us and tells us why they would be good at this position and that they want to try and work at it and would we give them a shot. We would much rather hear from your child than you because we know that when your child has confidence enough to talk to us about that they want something on the team and then we'll take a look at it. That's probably the best way to do it. You know, if you go through this whole process and it doesn't work out for you and your child on that particular team, and sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. I mean, sometimes there is a daddy ball issue where this coach is just going to play their son and they're not going to give you some play time or your son's child to play time. And that happens. I mean, I've seen it. Uh, I've, I felt it. So if it doesn't work out for the season, you know, you need to decide, am I going to quit the team and move to another team? But that's only if your child wants to do that. You know, I see so many times a team gets to the Super Bowl either wins or doesn't. But look, if a team gets a Super Bowl, it's a good team. And your child is perfectly happy, but you want to move. But your child is perfectly happy on that team playing tight end, not quarterback or tailback, but your child was happy playing tight end. I mean, if your child doesn't want to move and your child is happy on the team and really doesn't want, there's no reason to start making uh, an issues with the coaches or the team about your son is being unfairly treated on the team. But then again, you know, if you do run into the situation where, you know, there's three coaches and uh, all three of their sons start in the backfield and they're definitely playing daddy ball and, uh, you know, there's three or four studs that are not playing running back and they're running over everybody in drills and all the parents and the whole team are talking about it, you might have an issue to have a parent meeting and then come up with that. But, uh, but really, that's some things that you can do as a parent to see favoritism and as a coach, You know, you need to recognize, and I think I talked about that a couple of minutes ago, you need to have empathy for that, and you also need to realize that if your coaches and your son or child are in starting positions and skilled positions, uh, they better be really good.
because if they're not, you're just going to have these headaches. And, and really, they're not going to stop. They're just going to continue and fester and get worse. So uh, that's what you do if you see favoritism as a parent. And also, you can see it as a coach and how to deal with that a little bit better. Hope that's helped there. As a coach, uh, the other thing that you can do, and I read this in a Yahoo article, and I thought I had tagged it in a Twitter post, but it looks like Yahoo has moved stuff around, so I can't tell you the author anymore, and that's unfortunate, but this was really good. He talked about, as a coach, how to avoid favoritism, and uh, his quote here was, ask a trusted assistant coach a parent to be brutally honest with you and inform you if you're showing favoritism or being too hard on your child. Uh, don't get defensive when the person says some things that you don't really want to hear. And I think that's great advice. And that's also for parents, too. I mean, you can just ask, you know, a trusted person that's very familiar with the team, uh, am I showing favoritism and or is my child really that much better as a starter in that position? And, uh, you know, they may tell you, look, they're not that good. Uh, so you got to be ready for that. And sometimes that happens. I know uh, I've told some folks that have asked me about their child. And I've told my two sons when they've asked me, should they do this in sports? And I've said, well, you haven't put the work in and you're not there and you're not ready. Uh, they didn't really want to hear that. But I think, you know, you really have to be brutally honest to yourself to really uh, be an effective coach. Uh, because uh, I don't know how many you know, one of the things in, in developing your youth football team is really putting players in the best positions for the team. And you're, if you're not brutally honest with yourself about putting the best players in those positions, it's going to be a long season, both as far as losses and for the parent headaches. I think that uh, sometimes coaches do have favorites, and, and I know I've had favorites, and it's not the favorites in the normal uh I guess, definition of how parents see the favorites. But it's like, why are these certain players, what what do I like about them and why do I want to continue to coach them and why are maybe they a starter on my team? And I've got a list here and there's an article about this over at coachparker.org. But uh, a couple of things here and I think are really key is when I – when I kind of get drawn to a certain player and, and are happy coaching them, uh, especially now that I don't have uh, my sons playing for me anymore, when I look at players and what I like and things, here's some things that have kind of come up, which this is why coaches can have some favorites on the team. They shouldn't play them as, you know, favorites and positions, but they may have kids that they like a little bit more, or this is one of the reasons this kid is starting and, and, and being a good football player, and, and here's some things. So, first, you know, they love the game. They know the game. They talk about the game. I mean, they're playing football. It's so funny. You you go through tryouts sometimes, and you talk to players. You're like, well, who's your favorite player? And they don't even know the game or haven't played Madden football on a computer before, it's like, okay, are they really into football? Maybe not. Some of the other thing is, you know, do they like to hit? I mean, that's a big thing for football is do they like to wrestle around with other kids? You know, if they don't like to wrestle around, but they still like sports, uh, maybe soccer is better for them or baseball or basketball. But football is a very physical uh 
and hitting game. You know, so do they like to get hit? I mean, do they get hurt at every practice and boo-boos and want to go to the sideline? That's really frustrating because football is a physical sport. And so if every five minutes they're going out of the game, you know, that's that's something that's not. Uh, so we like them to be healthy. Do they have a high football IQ? I know this is one that I love. I mean, I really kind of go after these smart football players because I – I can coach them faster. Do they remember their plays? Can they easily jump in for position to position? Uh, they're not talking to everybody when you're talking. I mean, that that's I love players that are just uh, passionate. They're interested. They're confident. They got a high IQ and they listen. They're highly coachable. The other thing is, do they come to practice? And are they 15 minutes early to practice? Do they make it for warm-ups? Or do they want to be at practice? You know, I, I, I'm not into kids at the end of practice saying, how much time's left? You know, they want to leave. I want the kids that want to be there the whole time and more. They just want to continue to play. A couple of players that I've really got to, been drawn to here the last couple, several seasons is players that want to learn and they're always happy they're just always happy to be playing football they're always smiling they're always ready to go they're they're happy in whatever position that they need to play to help the team and and that's a big issue the other thing is their parents are not all over us about they want them to play a certain position i mean if little johnny's happy in their position you know and they they're smiling and everything's going good and then big johnny comes over and he's unhappy because his son isn't playing a certain position but little johnny's perfectly fine that's not really what we're looking for so uh i think you know make sure your son really wants to do something different before talking but uh yeah i mean the other thing that I love and why some players become favorites to us, I mean, favorites to coach, not favorites because of preferential treatment, but favorites because they're doing the right things that a football player should do to become that starter. I don't know if that's a favorite. That's just becoming a real football player and a starter is they take what we've taught them in practice and then they excel and expand that in the games so we have smiles on our faces and are proud to have coached that player. That's really what this whole thing is about to me is when I take a young football player and we drill them and they do all this good stuff and practice the way our system wants and they get out on the field and the game through the season and they progress and get better every game and then they start they start excelling past things that we've taught them to do and start thinking from themselves and doing skills that they may have gone off and learned on their own through another coach or through YouTube or those kind of sources. And they come back and show us that they're so much better. That's incredible to me. That That's why I, I want to, to introduce these young players and then have them fall in love with it and then start doing the over and above, taking the initiative to be calm and stay that starter on your football team. So I think that you should give every player equal tryouts. There should be no preferential treatment, but you should definitely have a standard for tryouts and what you're looking for in a player that's somewhere written down where you can go back to and that you, why you've chosen these certain players, have your depth chart there where you can, where you can uh, go back and review if parents come to you, but uh, so you can pick your starters without any preferential treatment. And, and even though you're still the coach, you have to ask yourself, you know, and 
You can ask your trusted friend, am I playing favorites? And if you've lost a lot of games and your son is a quarterback or coach's sons are, are running backs, you've got to ask yourself, are we playing favorites with some of the players on our teams by playing our sons in those positions because we're just not winning? Um, or if you're getting a ton of complaints, 100% aren't true, but there's always a little truth in some of that. you got to kind of look at yourself. So this has been my podcast on favoritism. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, I don't believe in favoritism, and everybody should be treated fairly and equally, especially in youth sports and youth football. I believe all coaches should hold tryouts for all positions, especially the skilled positions, and that does include quarterback and running back. If your son is playing quarterback and running back uh, and you're a head coach or one of the other coaches, please make sure uh, your son's child are really that good. It'll cut down on any type of favoritism issues you have on your team. Hey, thanks for joining me today on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, That'll help support me in this channel. If you'd like more uh, coaching youth football tips and talk, head over to coachparker.org. And stay tuned here as I produce more podcasts for coaching youth football in the future. Uh, This is Coach Parker with coachparker.org. Hey, remember to play for fun, and winning is funner. Ciao. See you guys later.